then we wouldn't be able to even come here. So thanks be to God for those who fight for freedom. Amen. But the most important thanks that we have today is to give God thanks for the cross. Thanking Jesus Christ for coming and dying for our sins. Amen. That's the ultimate of giving of thanks. And every day, we don't need one day to wait to say, oh, I'm going to give God thanks to a certain day. We give him thanks every day. Every single moment of our life, we have to be thankful. There are people that are leaving the earth even as I speak. Amen. Every tick of the clock, somebody checks out. So we are to be thankful when we see another moment. Another moment. Give him thanks. Amen. We want to also remember those of us who have had parents, grandparents, sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts that have passed away. We can also remember them. Amen. In such a time as this. Amen. And sometimes when we remember, you know, you, we always reflect and the good times that we used to have with our fam family members who are not here with us anymore. So we are also to remember and to remember them. Amen. God is a wonderful God and he do, does care for all of us here today. And, uh, you know, don't think that God don't care for you. He does care. It doesn't matter what is happening. You make some mistake. God still cares. Amen. If your child make a mistake, you're not going to throw him out or her out and, and don't even look at them anymore. Amen. You're still going to care. Amen. You give them a little slap, but you still care. <laughs> Amen. So God does care for you. You are God's child. And if you make a mistake in your life, you know, God will correct you for that mistake, but it doesn't mean that he, he doesn't like you anymore. Amen. So be encouraged today. God cares and he loves you anyways. No matter what people say, God still loves you. So be strong and be of good courage. Amen. And help me to preach this gospel today. Amen. Our topic for today uh, is a cry for thirst. Amen. A cry for thirst. Praise be to God. And we don't have to look far. We can see this cry not only on the surface, but it is everywhere. Amen. A cry for water can be heard all over the world today. Amen. The land is thirsty. People are thirsty. Animals are thirsty. Farmers' crops are dying, forcing them to turn to greenhouse farming, which does not carry the same high substance as the direct sun, sun and rain crops. You agree? It's right. Water is a vital to the, to the inhabitants of the earth. Life on earth could not be what it is today had not been that the creator of heaven and earth established a system of water flowing abundance. Amen. Nevertheless, as the earth gets older, we can see a change in it 
pointing us to what the Bible says about the earth and what will happen to it in the last days. Let us see what the scripture says, have to say. Let's turn to the Isaiah, the prophet, Isaiah uh, 51, verse 6. Amen. We know that there is a lot of concern today about the weather, climate changing, and what is really happening in the earth today. And you don't have to go far to see it. It's aware. But as children of God, the fear that the world is gripping about what's happening on the planet, I don't think the children of God need to worry about it. We don't need to worry about it because we know what it is. Amen? People, if they were reading God's word, they would line up with the word of God and things could be better. Amen. Let's see what the prophets more than 2,000 years. Everybody say over 2,000. Over 2,000 years, the prophet Isaiah, amen, he was an eagle-eyed prophet, they call him. He foresee God use him to warn the earth of things to come, amen, and things that is happening. And it, re it reads, lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. Amen? Likewise, right? The earth has a time. God has a time. In Sunday school this morning, I was overheard in the teachers uh, teaching about seasons and times for everything. So everything has a time. God alone has the power over the earth, not, not um, the scientists, not um, the great billionaires. God has the power over the earth. God has also given the earth to humanity. But God knows and he already foresee what mankind would bring to the earth. Amen. So the earth, we are told here that the, the heavens is going to vanish. It's going to disappear. Right? Just like we are looking at the clouds today, and at times this morning it was so ready to snow. I said, no snow. <laughs> I said, come on out, sun. We have the sun out. Good. Drive the clouds away, you know. So there is coming a day that the heavens are going to vanish. Who can stop it? Eh? The earth is waxed old like a garment. Right now, the earth is waxing old. It is old. And it is seen everywhere. It is old now. You know, what can humanity do to stop this aging of the earth? There's nothing you can do but turn to God. The only one that can turn back the clock of climate change is God. Amen? And the climate change 
is caused by humanity, not just by the chemicals that they're using and putting in the water or burning the uh, fuels. This is not really the culprit of the earth declining. What is really and truly the culprit is sin and the behavior of humanity. The insult that mankind, mankind, when I said mankind, it doesn't just mean man, all of mankind, male and female. And there is, I let you know, there is no other gender but male and female. That's who God made. Amen? All right? So the problem that is happening on the planet, it's the behavior, the insult that mankind is putting out to, to nature itself, to God himself. Amen. To doing disrespect. Nature itself is don't know what to do. You know, God created things to work in order. Mankind is trying to pull things apart, do this and do that, you know, and then they're talking about do stop doing this and stop stop murdering the children. That's pollution to the earth. That's an insult to nature. Amen. Stop living a life that is displeasing before God. Start looking to what God has done for us. How he came to earth to rescue us and how we spit on him. How we reject him. How we, we do not pay any attention to the things God has done for humanity. No thanks to God for what he has created. Everybody takes things for granted. You know, they just take things for granted. No thanks. No thanks to God for all the blessings that he has put upon the earth. His intention that mankind will live on the earth forever. Forever. He didn't make us to die at all. He wants us to live and live forever. And even when that man failed and caused havoc, God, God himself, the Bible said, he manifests himself in flesh. And come down on planet earth. Stoop down in the dust. Just to help humanity. And yet their eyes are blind and they cannot see. They have rejected God. And insulted him. For his kindness. So the earth. The earth is, is declining. And there's no turning back the clock. The only one that can turn it back. And he, he's not even going to rescue this earth. He's already destined to go. Said a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to make. So don't worry about th this earth. Worry about giving your life to Christ. Worry about how your children are living. Worry about how you, your life is in the sight of God if you should leave this planet today. That is what we need to worry about. And if all of mankind 
would turn to God, you know, he would do things for us. He will do more than we can ask. But the, the constant insult, the constant, you know, cutting there and cutting there and fixing this and fixing that and insulting God, it is very displeasing. Very displeasing. We're talking about a cry and a thirst. There's a there is a natural thirst and also a spiritual thirst. On the cross, Jesus cried out, I thirst. They gave him vinegar. His cry was the cry of humanity, the soul of humanity. He took our place. He become man, naturally. What he felt on the cross, he felt it as if you were nailed to that cross. There was no holding up of the pain. It was full-blown pain and agony that he cried out for mankind. Amen. Man tried to do something, but they couldn't do nothing because that natural cry, the only remedy for it was death. The only remedy for the, for the, spirit, the, the natural thirst is death. There is no cure for it, death. But when you cry for the spirit thirst, amen, the remedy for the natural thirst is death, but the remedy for the spiritual thirst is salvation, which can never, never run dry. And who is our salvation? Jesus. He's our salvation. He's the only one that can give us the water of life. He's the only one that can quench the thirst of humanity. There is a thirst that is in mankind today that, you know, um, I am very, uh, you know, sympathized with those who are, and who are addicted to drugs and to other stuff because they're looking for something to satisfy their thirst. And they have tried their best to get whatever their hands can put on to quench the fiery thirst. But it cannot be quenched because it is not a natural thirst. It's a spiritual thirst that they're feeling. There is an agony within their soul that needs something to satisfy it. And it cannot be satisfied with no tina. Nothing at all. The only thing that will satisfy the spirit cry is God himself, the spirit of the living God. He alone can give that water that is able to quench this thirst. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. Rivers of living water. If any, can you imagine they were at a feast, and I'm sure back then, they would have a whole lot of wine. 
them probably they have a whole lot of water everybody will drink and eat but yet jesus look over the crowd and he could see some dryness he could see that they're still not satisfied they just had this great feast they just had all this great wine and whatever and they're looking so dried up he stood and he cried if any man thirst let him come let him come and drink amen let him come and drink the woman at the well said to jesus when jesus said give me some of your water he said i don't have nothing to draw with by the way why you come to ask me you're a jew why you come to talk to me about water jesus said woman if you only know who it is that ask you for this water you would have given but i tell you woman i have a water to give to you that you don't have to come back here to draw anything this water will be in you a well springing up give me this water she said amen and when the lord began to speak to her amen you know that water was going and it flushed out some stuff that out of her woman where's your husband i don't have any the life-giving water flushed something out woman you have five of them and the last one here is that not even yours and she run to the city to tell the people come see a man who tells me all things amen jesus is the life-giving water if you want to, to quench your thirst you need to drink from the fountain of the living water where is jesus christ when he fills you with the holy spirit that's the life-giving fountain that will flow the bible said he that believeth in me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water living water amen into everlasting life it can't run out can't run out so if you're thirsty today jesus is still giving away the life-giving water because it can't run out it's from generation to generation and everyone every generation that hears the gospel of jesus christ and accept him will receive that life-giving water amen don't let your generation pass by you and you don't accept jesus you know in every generation that come there is a set of people that have heard the gospel of jesus christ and have accepted it and they have become the elect of god some are waiting to see whether god is going to to choose them because of their good deeds right now this moment this second you can know you don't have to wait you can know because if you believe the gospel if you accept jesus christ in your life amen and repent it as he said you should do and he promised to give you the life-giving water which is the holy spirit within your spirit that can give you life that allows you to have peace joy and happiness and you don't have to seek for some other substance to bring you comfort because nothing else can nothing else nothing in this life bill gates and all the dollars that he have is not satisfied 
There is a hunger within his soul. And only if he knows, if he gets to see Jesus, if he bow down his bony knees and cry out to God. Amen. Cry out to the Lord God of hosts who created him, who blessed him, who allowed him to have riches. And we don't covet the rich for their rich, richness. Because they're, they're rich because they, God blessed them. God give them the riches because they have no intention to accept him. So they're getting all the glory down here. And afterward, I have nothing to get if they don't accept Jesus. Bible said it is impossible. It is possible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God because he has no time for God. He doesn't see nothing but his dollars, which is paper, and which is going to be burned anyways, and which he cannot carry in his coffin. He's got to leave it here. Might as well just Go on the airplane and fly low and just scatter the money. Let all the people pick it up. That's, that's something good. Amen? But nothing in this life, no riches, no fame, can give you the life-giving water. No kindness not going to give it to you. Because some people think if I'm kind, which you need to be kind, but if I'm kind and give money to the poor, this is going to buy me the way. It's not going to get you there. You got to come to Jesus. Give it to the poor and, and be kind and come to Jesus. And he will make things right. This is serious people of God. You know, today, every child of God needs to get off their easy seat and to spread the gospel. Help somebody along your way. Don't be just feeling comfortable. I am saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I don't care about nobody. No, no. You must go and tell others about Jesus. If you have the love of God in you, you're going to go to everyone. Nobody, nobody. don't be afraid of people in well-dressed clothes, three-piece suit, or fancy dress and fancy hat and pretty eyeglasses and all this, and you can't approach them. They're too educated for me to talk to them. Guess what? The education ends at maybe 80. Everything starts diminish. Nobody's going to hire you at 70, you're lucky. Nobody's going to hire after 80. So what are all the degrees? Where is it? Where is it? It's on the wall. You know, the kids, after you're gone, the kids just take them, they look at them, brush them off. You know, maybe pack them in a box. Put them out accidentally. It's important, people of God, to focus on the things that is important. The thing that is important that every human being on planet Earth need to take Jesus' hand so that they can be safe. Don't let the blessing that God bless you with. He want, listen, God love you so much. He want to give you all the blessing. You know why God don't even bless some of us more? 
because we're going to just see the blessing and we're not going to remember him. Right? So if you if you have enough food in, in your to put in your mouth and a roof over your head and shoes and clothes, you are rich. And you have God, you're the richest thing on the on the block. Amen. You're living in the biggest house that there is. Because heaven, heaven is great. I, I wanted to say that God wants all of humanity to have everything they want to have as long as they understand that is, that is not it. That is not it. He has better things for you. Right now he's preparing mansion. And when, when, when the word of God say, talks about mansion, it's not a big house. Mansion to God is a whole planet. So when we left from this corruptible earth into the new world that God is building, we're going to be able to go from planet to planet. And you know what? We don't need no aeroplane. We don't need no parachute. We don't need no motor vehicle. We don't need no more oil. Amen. We just have the spirit of God. We just go when we have to go. Go when we have to go. Listen. A little foreshadowy, a little shadow of foretaste of what the next world is. The people who decided they want to explore the universe, right? Some of them are living right now maybe 100,000 miles up, right? They, if they go outside, what happens? Can they drive the car up there? Even right in where they are in that little cubby, they can't even stand because they just slew, just slow, you know. So in, in, in God's real heaven, amen, we won't need anything. Whatever we think of, we're, it's there. Where we want to go, to go to another planet, just think it, you're there. Isn't this great? Isn't this for us to build for? Why are we stacking up on earth which one little storm come and everything blow to pieces? Jesus Christ is the only safe, secure, investing place that you can put your money. Amen? Put yourself, your life, Put your will, your desire in serving and living for God. That's the only safe place in this world today. So what is the water that Jesus is giving today? It is the Holy Spirit. Peter announced to the people that they should, uh, what they should do to get this life-giving water. Put up Acts 2.38 up there, please. Amen. So everyone needs to know, how am I going to get this life-giving water? What do I have to do? Amen? We need to, to follow the instruction. If you don't follow instruction, you're going to get it wrong. You may get some right, but you may get, not get it right. You know, if you get a math to do and you do half of it right and you, you miss something, you still mark it wrong. Okay? So make sure you have, you have instruction right. So... Uh, according to the Acts 2.30, and we know the story, how the people 
our asking question. And one of the questions they ask after they heard the word, what shall we do? What is it that we must do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. What for? For the remission, the removal of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was not just for the apostle. Read the next line. It says, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. Amen. So it's not, it, people said, oh, the Holy Spirit was only for the apostles. You know, so what would we, it wouldn't be fear if they have all the power and then we didn't have any. What would we use to go and do wonders for God? Amen. So it is for every generation. God has preserved this wonderful gospel for every generation. They tried, some generation tried to destroy it. Some burn it, some throw it in the, in the waters, but it still swim. And the fire can't consume it like the fire didn't burn up um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. So nothing can destroy this gospel. It must be preserved, and it has been preserved for the generation to come until the earth ends. Amen. And this is what we need to invest ourselves in. And then we'll see God move on the earth. Um, Jesus is still calling any man thirst, let him come. What our world needs today is the will, the well of salvation, Jesus Christ. Nothing else will work. Things are not going to get better with climate until mankind get right with Jesus Christ. And the only one that can stop the earth from going the way it's going right now. Our world needs to be, uh, be um, put away pride, self, and the devil. And bow before the Lord God Almighty. And repent and turn from sin. And ask Jesus to come into their hearts. Start worshiping. Crying out to God for help, for he will hear your cry. This is not the time to, for the church especially to um, be in, um, what do you say, be in a stage of think they're all they have arrived. You have not yet arrived. You have not yet arrived. You are still here in this sinful world, and we need to get our act together because a lot of so-called Christians have turned away a lot of people from the gospel and from the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm encouraging people not to look at anybody. Look on Jesus. Amen. Look to Jesus. The word of God is here as a guide that you can take it up and read it. For if somebody is not living right, it doesn't mean that is going to, um, you're going to have an excuse not to give your life to God. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Amen. So this great cry is going on. We remember Jonah? That God called Jonah and told Jonah, Jonah, I want to go to this, want you to go to this great city. The cry has come up before me. Their wickedness have come up before me as a cry. Go and warn them. But what did Jonah did? Jonah ran away. Didn't he? He ran away from his responsibility. And a lot of God's people today, they get the call. They know that there are sinners there. People need God. People are thirsty out there. They don't know which, what to do because there's so much religiousness. There's so much religion, you know. But among the religion, there is salvation. Amen. And we need somebody to help them to find salvation. My God, we have to get a burden. We get those who are saved and know the truth. We need to get a burden. Don't be satisfied that you are you're just saved and your family is safe and I'm okay. No, we have to get the burden of Christ. The burden, he said, he come not to call the righteous, but he come to call sinners. So don't despise sinners because they are the one Jesus came for. Amen. So this message went to Nineveh. And the Bible said um, the people of Nineveh decided that they believe what Jonah said. That in 40 days, the, your, everything is going, God is going to destroy the city. And when the, the message went to the people of Nineveh, you read in chapter 3 of Jonah, amen, the people believed Jonah. They called a fast, and they all went down in sackcloth and ashes. The, the king himself heard this, and he made a decree that every single thing, even the animals, were not allowed to eat anything the baby and the breast couldn't get nothing. They went down in three days and three nights fasting and they pray. And the, the king lay his robe aside and he get down in the ashes. He kneeled down. Amen. He wallowed himself in the dust. And he cried out to God in humility. And what did God do? He saved Nineveh. He didn't he change his mind. He didn't destroy it. Because the people repent. This generation needs to repent. Amen. The whole generation. Amen. Those who are in authority. Who, who, are, who are as governments. They need to repent. They need to encourage their people to repent. And to seek after God. Human efforts saving the world or saving the earth wasn't, isn't going to work. Because when they fix one place, the other thing is going to break out. The only remedy, the only remedy, amen, is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and to humble yourself. Because if God humbled himself and become man so that mankind could be rescued, why can't you humble yourself? Humble yourself under the almighty hand of God. So that he can help us. Church, we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves. 
and don't scorn those who are who are out there doing bad stuff. Don't scorn them. Go among them and teach them the word. That is what will help. That is what's going to change the climate. If all of mankind should repent, the climate would change because man is what causing the climate decaying. The stinkness of their attitude and the works of sin that is a stench and it is going up in the presence of God. Amen. And he's about to destroy this earth. So it's time to repent. Joel said, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in the holy mountain. For the day of the Lord is coming. Amen. It is coming and it's not going to be pretty. I can tell you that. Who wants to stand in the presence of God when he's angry? I don't want to. Amen. So people, let's humble ourselves. Let's take time to seek God. The church needs to be in prayer. Prayer is lacking among us. We need to come together as a people and get down on our face and cry out to God for, this, for the, our brothers and sisters that, that are out there that cannot find their way. We need to go and get them. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. You can't force people to believe, but your, our duty is to tell them. God's word, when it enters a seed, when it enters in, they could kick, they could jump, but the word is in. Someday that word is going to germinate. Somebody is going to come and say a little more, and another person is going to come and say a little more to that person. And every time somebody speaks to that person, that seed in them, Push them a little further, little closer to God. And finally one day, finally one day, they come so close to the presence of God. He just grabbed them. Amen? Let us do the will of God. Let us not waste our time sitting down, watching foolishness. Let us use those quality time to see even if you can write something, encouraging word. And drop it at somebody's mailbox. They pick it up. You know. They might. That day they might be in. A very discouraging day for them. And they pick it up out the mail. And it says. Be of good courage. God is with you. That word can help somebody. So you don't. You don't have to necessarily. Go face to face with people these days. There are other methods. This is high-tech time. So you use high-tech method to reach out. Find out, study, how can I reach people? Amen? How can I reach them? You can adapt your community. Give them a little newsletter every month with some encouraging word. Amen? I do it to my community. Amen? And you can do it to yours. Because when you sow the seed of God's word, God will take care of the rest. Amen. God will take care of the rest. Many people never believe in, the, in God in my community. They believe in God because I write the message out. I write it out. Basic, I can only do basic. So 
I write it out plain and simple. Plain and simple. No sophisticated words. Nothing I have to go look up in the dictionary. It is just plain and simple. The simple gospel of Jesus. His love that cares for them. A lot of people believe, oh, I'm too sinful. God is not going to, to help me. I'm too far gone. No. Jesus already paid for all of them sin. All you have to do, buckle them up and come put them down yourself. Amen. He's not, going to, he's not going to send you to hell because of the things you do. He's going to send you to, you are going to put yourself in hell because you refuse to accept him. You refuse to come to him with all your problems, all your situation. After he agonized, fight the devil, conquer death and hell, and let Satan know you're not going to keep them down. They may come, you, you may eat up the body, but their spirit are mine. And I have already prepared them a new body. So don't worry about your mountain of sin. Come to Jesus. That is all you need. Because you, you don't mind how you try to do good. Sin is in us. You know, the nature is corrupt. And it will sin even if you don't want to sin. So the only remedy that will keep our spirit clean is Jesus. And he wants to do it for you today. Is there somebody here in this house today that would want Jesus to, 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 to be closer to Jesus? To come and to say, thank you, God. It's a week of, let's stand. It's a week of remembrance. And let us reflect. Let us reflect on that cross that Jesus had to struggle with, with people around him, whipping him. You know, meanwhile, he's going with it. They didn't care how much blood was coming, issuing out of him. All they, they had is that they hated him. And they think that he did something wrong. And they beat him. And that, that wasn't enough. Then they did this out of their own. Jesus knew he came to do this. But they did it out of their own cruelty. And he allowed it. He allowed it. Because he was paying our sin debt. Jesus paid our sin debt. So you, if you have sin, you shouldn't have it. It belongs to Jesus. He took it for you. Amen. And he dumped it into hell and the devil himself. So you don't have to hold on to your own ways, your attitude. Come to Jesus. He wants to make you anew. He wants to give you the promissory note of life everlasting. It is God's will that all should repent. That is his will for all humanity. All should repent and come to him. I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Nathaniel to come. Praise God. May God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. I have nothing to add to that. Praise God. But truly there is a message that has gone out and need for response. You know, um, as I hear Pastor Hamilton speak, what comes to my mind is that that same 
scripture, Isaiah 51, if you continue to read it, you see that Isaiah begins to turn the message on those who are righteous. He begins to challenge those who know the right. Because the problem is, you can know God, but afraid of people who do not know God. You can know God, but be in.